Welcome back to another episode of The Accepted Podcast, a college admissions podcast for the savvy student. I'm your host, Tyler Kusunoki, bringing you the unfiltered truth about applying to college in the 21st century. As always, I'd like to take a second to let everyone know that my DMs are always open. My favorite part about doing this podcast is hearing from you. How are you? How are apps coming along? How's school? All of that stuff. I would love to know. Send me your questions, concerns, feedback, episode ideas, whatever it may be. Send those along to me. At the end of the day, this podcast is a community first forum for achieving better college outcomes. My inbox is forever open at Tyler at the accepted podcast.com. That is Tyler at theacceptedpodcast.com. Today we're going to really be talking a little bit about the importance of school research and how you can find just some hidden gems that may be best aligned with who you are, but also may present alternative pathways to get to a school that you're really, really focused on. But before we dive in, just a quick announcement. Next Sunday, October 15th, I will be giving a talk around EAED. I know it's a little bit close to the actual deadline to be discussing this, but I also know that a lot of students are kind of still up in the air about what which way they should go, where where should they use their ED on, where should they use their restrictive early action or single choice early action on. So next Sunday, I'm going to be giving a talk around that. It will be on October 15th at 6 p.m. Japan Standard Time. If you do sign up, obviously we'll do, we will get you a recording of that as well. And that will be that. So if you are interested in learning about that, as if you're a senior and still struggling to make that decision, or if you are a younger student and you just want to start thinking about how you need to evaluate your choices, please do come and join that talk. All right. So again, um, it'll be October 15th, uh, 6 p.m. Japan Standard Time, and you can sign up at tokyoacademics.com slash events. That is tokyoacademics.com slash events. So let's get right into it. I have a lot of students, I work with a lot of students who come to me telling me that they want to go to a very particular school and they want to, and that's what they're focused on. They're like, this, it's this or bust. And when we go through that process of looking through schools and building out a school list, a lot of times it becomes about it becomes about well how can i get to this school and a lot of a lot of initial conversations are about well how can i gain the system how can i do this and that right it's about how do i find the sneaky way and do i apply as a philosophy major even though i want to be an engineer is kind of one of the big questions that i get right should i apply for this other thing uh, in order to get access to the thing that i want because there is this perception that if you're applying for a less in demand class then your chances of getting in are going to be higher right should i declare for a music major even though i want to study neuroscience right is something that type of back and forth happens quite a lot and I do, for, in terms of that, I do want to say that it's really, really important to make sure that if you are going to go that path, A, make sure that you have a story that backs it up, right? And so um, I'm working with a student who really is kind of that, right? Is like, should I apply for music or should I apply for neuroscience, right? Even though, uh, her interest, her academic interest is neuroscience, but a ton of her accomplishments are built around music. She is a very, very, very accomplished musician. And so that was the question, right? Should I lean into my strengths, right, and apply for music? Or should I um, go for the major that is genuinely my interest, but maybe I have a little bit less support backing it up? And 
in those cases, I always kind of lean into a couple different things, right? Number one is that, you know, I don't see there and that there's no real advantage to trying to game the system this way, right? Go for what you want, right? And, and that should be it. This is especially true in things that are a little bit more niche, right? Or not more niche, but are a little bit more targeted, like engineering or even business. Um, we get this a lot of, oh, can I get into the school that's easier to get into? And then maybe I can transfer to this more well-known school that I want to go to. Can I try to get into Dornsife uh, School of Arts and Sciences at USC and then transfer internally to Marshall, right? And it's usually not that straightforward. So... One thing that I would say is don't think about, don't overthink this and try to game it too much. But if you are going to game it, right, and this is the conversation that I had with a student who was considering the difference between Harvard, between uh, music and neuroscience, right, was this idea of, sure, you can apply for music because that seems to be what your background is a lot more focused on. But if that's the major you are going to declare, you are also saying, please compare me against all the other people who not only likely have the same music background for you, as you, but also are declaring music because they genuinely want to study it and also have those things that they can say. And so when you declare and then the question that you have to answer is, well, please tell us about your interest in studying this particular subject, you now have to come up with something that is going to be harder to generate because that's not something you genuinely are interested in pursuing at the university. The other part is that you are now putting yourself, clumping yourself with a bunch of similar narratives, right? I talk to this with students all the time about business is that if you're going to be applying for business and the main thing that you get to brag about is that you started a business, Welcome to 90% of the applicant pool that is going to be going for that major. You always need to be thinking a little bit about the fact that as an admissions officer, I'm reading a bajillion different applications. And anything that is going to give me a little bit of a pause is always going to be of value, right? So rather than trying to kind of overthink a lot of it, I think you mostly need to be thinking of just about what are the ways that I can be presented as an advantage for the thing that I am applying for. So the student really, really wants to study neuro. And that music background then becomes this very compelling thing because a lot of the students who are applying are going to be saying, oh, I want to do neuro and here's all my, all my background on neuro. And so I think that if anything, her stating that I want to do neuro and here's how my background in music informs my interest to go into neuro as far as music therapy, as far as all of these other things. It creates a far more authentic connection. It leans into the interdisciplinary focus that the school seems to want. And now I'm in a position where I am, if I'm reading a bunch of students who are just saying they want to study neuro, I now am coming across a student who has some exploration of it, right? Some genuine exploration of it, but is largely music. Okay, good, right? Again, I'm looking to build a well-rounded class, right? And so while I'm going to want a bunch of students in neuro who have also studied it, right, already and have already made significant progress, I now have a student who's going to bring a valuable perspective to that major. But this student did have some things to back it up, 
right? There, there was some exploration and some initial research on her end, right? That she can prove that she has done that was exploring the impact of music on cognitive function, that was exploring the impact of music on how the brain operates. So that's my main thing, right? If you feel like you're gonna, if you, if you feel like you wanna try to play this game, right, of let me declare for a different major and then switch once I get there, make sure you have the evidence to back it up make sure that it is authentic right make sure you can explain why that major clearly because as an admissions officer i'm not going to be foolish about this i'm sure i've seen this many many times where a statement is going to be something that i'm going to look back across the majority of your application and also just keep in mind that the other piece that is something to know is that admissions officers know that you're going to change your major right most students do so the major you declare in most cases right unless you're applying for some a very very specific program unless you're applying for one that locks you in from the very beginning right like engineering or a very specific school that you are applying to most schools most colleges know your major is going to change so i'm not going to tie whatever major you are declaring for to your narrative necessarily all that much to begin with so this is generally a classic case of overthinking and trying to overgame the system in some ways. But if you are going to try to go for it, make sure you have the evidence. You don't need to live in Japan to experience our world-class tutoring and mentorship. At Tokyo Academics, we support thousands of students in over 10 countries, helping them prepare for the SAT, ACT, AP exams, IB, and more. Graduating from top universities like Stanford, Yale, Brown, and UC Berkeley, our tutors will guide you on the path to academic success. Your first step on that path is just a click away. Visit www.tokyoacademics.com and complete our contact form to claim your free trial and get started. We will assess your goals and pair you with a world-class tutor to make you a better college applicant. That's www.tokyoacademics.com. Let's turn your dreams into reality, one lesson at a time. The other thing is for students who are really looking for alternative pathways to a school that they would appreciate, right, or that they are aiming for, I really want to make sure to take some time to talk about some schools and maybe a way to approach it and the importance of doing school research in order to find out the thing that you maybe really, really, really want. Okay, so uh, NYU is probably the best classic example of this. Um, NYU is very in demand. It is a very, very well-known school, right? Um, generally, every year they receive like ten thousand plus applications, right? And they're only really allowed to they're they're only allowed to accept like two thousand, right? So um, the the admissions rates are very low. But I think that. One of the most important pieces about NYU is the number of different programs that it has created for its students, right? Whether that be Tisch or Stern or or just the NYU College of Arts and Sciences, right? They have created a lot of different pathways for students to engage in and study, right? So um, if you go to NYU, you don't 
you don't necessarily have to just go to NYU. You can choose to go to Tandon, the School of Engineering, right? You can choose to go to Steinhardt, which is more focused on public health, or you can go choose to study in Abu Dhabi or Shanghai. When you go down through NYU's list of places of schools to choose and things that you can study, there's actually so many things to choose from. One of those things is the liberal studies core, right? And so the liberal studies core, it is a program that uh, for the first year sends you abroad to Florence, to Madrid, to Washington, DC. Uh, you start your first year off campus, right? And you learn and then you come back, right? And so this is NYU taking advantage of the fact that it has these global campuses and it has all these different ways to study, right? Um, and in doing so, it allows, it, it's a, basically, these have all become ways for the school to accept more students. And the liberal studies pro, the liberal studies core has generally been viewed as this way for students who maybe not quite NYU caliber, but having potential to go off, learn in kind of an NYU classroom somewhere else, and then come back and be ready to contribute. And the reason that perception exists is because on the Common App application, after you've selected your schools that you want to go for, you select the, the your primary choice, and then you select 10 other things that you would want to study at NYU if you don't get accepted to uh, that top choice. And then after all of that, there is an option to say, if you do not get accepted to any of the above, would you like to be considered for the liberal studies core, right? And for students who are really like, it's NYU or bust for me, I tell them to click it, right? Because this is a pathway to get to the school that they want. And then within that, they can now have some flexibility to try. But the other thing that I push students to really think about for NYU is actually a school that not a whole lot of people know about, and that's Gallatin. So the Gallatin School is focused on individualized study. Um, it's a very interesting program where you go in and you basically build your major. Now, a lot of schools have independent study or an independent major as an option amongst all their different selections, but NYU has decided to say, you know what, no, we're gonna make a whole school that is built around this philosophy of some students don't, easily fit into a particular mold and therefore right you should we should create a space where students can actually explore that and have access to and take advantage of everything that we have to offer mm -hmm. and so what's unique about Gallatin is that once you get in you are able to if you were accepted you decide and you build your own unique major um, and so when i was looking through their website before right one of them had a major that was just focused on the unseen that was his major right other students have looked into very niche very focused elements of uh, history or politics or engineering. They've just looked into very specific kind of niche areas, but they felt that the curriculum and the way that it was it's structured at all the different schools at NYU didn't really fit the way that they wanted to approach it. And so the benefit of Gallatin is that while you are there, you do have to take a core set of courses at Gallatin, but you are allowed to take classes at pretty much every other school in NYU, right? And so if you come in and I'll use this as an example, I have a student who is considering a, uh, who is considering a behavioral, who really wants to study behavioral economics. And NYU's College of Arts and Sciences doesn't offer 
behavioral economics. Stern is a incredibly hard to get into and also doesn't have behavioral economics, right? But the student really believes the culture and the environment of NYU, of New York City, right, matter to him. And of course, the name value of NYU does matter as well. And so as we were talking about, we were looking through, we were, I was just like, oh, hey, what do you think about Gallatin? Right? And he was like, oh, what is Gallatin? And, and as I talked through it, I was like, oh, so if you are interested right, in behavioral economics, right, you will now be in a program where you can take your econ classes from Stern, you can take your developmental psychology and behavioral studies classes from Steinhardt, right? You can start to really combine the best of all these different worlds to make the thing that you want. And the student's eyes, as I'm talking, right, the student's eyes just start to light up. They're like, wait, that exists? That's an option for me? That's something that I consider? And that's why school research ultimately matters, right? Is that you're, our, all of our eyes are always drawn naturally to the big shiny. When you think of NYU, you think of Stern, you think of kind of these top degree, you think of Tandon to some degree, you think of Tisch, right? You think of these top programs. But by digging a little bit further down into their offerings, right, um, you can start to discover the programs that are going to be the best fit for you. The um, same thing happened with a student who I worked with before who is now at USC. Right? When you think of USC, you think of the Annenberg School of Communications. You obviously think of Marshall School of Business. And you think of just like what it means to be a Trojan and, and their football team, et cetera. And then, of course, you know, the, the School of Cinematic Studies, right? And you have a George Lucas building and you have a Steven Spielberg building, right? How are you supposed to possibly think of anything else, right? But if you dig through and take the time to really explore fully what a school has to offer, right? If you're on USC's webpage, you will discover the Iowa and Young Academy, right? And the Iowa and Young Academy is focused on similar, a little bit similar to Gallatin, right? It's focused on this intersection between uh, entrepreneurship, design, right, and tech. And um, it is a small cohort, but it is really, really focused on students who have a lot of entrepreneurial ideas and want to be in an environment where they can also learn about design and they can also learn about technology and fuse all of those, right? It is a very custom, very specific um, approach to a lot of this stuff, but it is also perfect for a particular type of student and is able to award the student an experience that is incredibly tailored to them, right? But also is at a school that is pretty good, right? USC is very good. Um, and so I think that uh, my point of all of this is that rather than necessarily always be trying to game the system, right? Which a lot of students come into this, a lot of parents even come into this thinking about of like, oh, well, what if we switch this? Or what if we change that? My child has three passports, which passport am I gonna choose that is gonna be the most advantageous, right? Um, before when colleges didn't have that many restrictions around residency requirements, it was like, well, what if we bought a house in Cali, right? Um, so that we count as in-state instead of out-of-state for UC Berkeley. Like, it's just, it's a lot. And I think it's much more important to be spending time thinking about, well, what does, what do I really want as a student? What are the things that I'm really going for? 
and then really taking the time to look into, right, especially if you have a dream school, really looking into what they offer, not just in terms of like, well, I just want to better understand their psychology program or their econ program, but taking the time to delve a little bit deeper and say, well, actually show me everything you got, right? You are one of the top universities in the world. Surely you have resources that are being dedicated towards something that is specifically my interest. That type of exploration, that type of discovery is going to inherently give you an advantage because you have taken the time to find the things that not as many people are thinking about, right? You have taken the time to find the, to thread the needle per se, right? About on, on programs that, um, on programs that maybe not as many people are identifying with that might be a perfect fit for you. So as you continue to finalize your lists, all you seniors, right? As you continue to work through your early decision, finish up your essays, all of that sort of stuff, and are looking ahead to the next to the next steps, right? To ED2, to regular decision, right? Really, obviously, ideally, you will already have had your list made, right? But if you're thinking about like a couple other different schools to add, or if you're just kind of trying to really or you just received an amazing SAT score and you really want to be more ambitious right take some time to think about all of th- what I've said today about the importance of just really more in-depth school research right and thinking about how your profile matches what the schools are looking for um, because there are a lot of schools are experimenting right a lot of schools are starting new initiatives to try things out and um, and therefore need students to fill those things that they are trying out. So I would encourage you to be thinking about those as we go into it, all right? And then in all other things, good luck. I know that now is a crazy time. I am up to, I am neck deep in application revisions uh, with my students as well. So I know right now is a crazy wild time. So um, wishing you all the best. Make sure you find time to rest as well. Um, but I know that this month is a crazy month. So know that my thoughts are with all of you, both the students and parents, as you go through all of this together. And uh, if you have anything that you want to understand or want more clarity on, please feel free to reach out to me. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Accepted Podcast. Again, my name is Tyler Kusinoki. We hope you enjoyed today's topic on some more niche school programs within bigger name schools. Join us uh, next week for more on the complex world of college admissions. If you like what you're hearing and want to support, be sure to leave us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your platform of choice. Follow us and hit the bell icon for notifications to stay up to date. We also do regularly host events both in person and online. So if you're interested in attending free info sessions with me and real admissions officers, check us out at tokyoacademics.com slash events that is tokyoacademics.com slash events that's it for today remember the key to getting in is getting ready thank you